Welcome to another double shot. I am Ray, and I'm joined by my co-host Candace Briglib. Hi, Candace. Howdy. Hi, Ray. Hi. How you doing? Hey, everyone. How is everything? Uh, pretty good. I'm just getting over some head cold type things, and my voice is lowered a bit. Ser- <laughs> a serious raspy. cold. Yeah. I should record an album today. Right. Yeah. Sure. You have recorded uh, music before when you had a cold with me, didn't you? I did. That's what made me think of it. Yes. When, this was years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Was it, uh, I forget, R- River Tsunami? Yeah, that was <laughs> it. You don't you never forget those things, do you? You never forget. Now, that was pretty fun. Um, it is the most rock and roll I've ever looked, but I think I was just so grumpy. It's pretty. I will put a. I will put a link in for our listeners. Sure. Great. So, uh, this week you wanted to talk about uh, ethical issues that face designers. Is that right? No, that's we decided not to talk about it. Oh, okay. So this week you wanted to talk about. Candace, what would you like to talk about? Boy, howdy. So um, we've been talking a lot here at Need More, and probably you know a lot of people have been about um, creating workspaces that are that are good, positive space spaces for everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I th- I think this started there. There's been a lot in the in the news and even in in our industry and in, in coffee lately about um, yes sexism in the workplace. Yeah, I guess I mean, we you're could say about, like the Me Too and that that the movement that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, for for me personally, working in coffee and tech, which mm-hmm. is kind of the, the two places often that I find myself in, um, the, this comes up a lot because besides here at Needmore, mm-hmm. um, often when we're in meetings, uh, there's a large percentage of the time that I'm the only woman in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's been a, a really, it's been kind of an interesting journey for me. Um, I, I know for you and I, when we, when we founded this business, this studio, mm-hmm. uh, we had a lot of ideas about what we wanted in a, in a studio. And, and part of it was equality. Part of it was, you're a fella, I'm a lady. We have 50-50 ownership. Oh, wait, I think I actually have 51 at this point for some, some odd reason. <laughs> but, um, you know, we wanted a place where where everyone's voice is heard. We, we talk about that a lot, right? When we, when we talk at conferences or um, we try to create a place where, where everyone can come to the table, everyone can be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we do a good job at that. It, it's, hard, it's hard to tell, I think, sometimes. Um, although, so this morning I was listening to a podcast um, called The Boss Barista. Okay. And they had um, Umeko, who 
uh, worked at Four Barrel previously, but she works somewhere else, and I cannot remember where she works now. Um, anyways, they were talking about um, safe and unsafe working environments, and they were going over a list of of how people gaslight people, which if I mean, gaslighting is basically a term I think that we're starting to hear more, but it, it basically means that you're um, trying to make another person feel like they're not going through what they're going through, that they didn't experience what they experienced, that, they're, that their interpretation of reality isn't valid, and so it can start to make people feel a little crazy, mm -hmm. you know, because you're basically saying this didn't happen or this isn't what you feel about this isn't realistic and a lot of times I think we know that term in sort of abusive relationships mm -hmm. but we are starting to learn that abusive working environments can also have some of this as right, part of right. it and so I was really thinking so they were going through talking about like how do you gaslight in a work environment Right. And and I found some of them to be so interesting. Like one of them was if you really want to minimize somebody's feelings of self uh, when you're meeting with them, when they're talking to you, when they're saying, hey, I, I'm going through this and I'm not really sure how to deal with it. One of them is to, to be on your phone the whole time, to just get start acting like you're listening and just kind of flipping through and uh-huh, uh-huh. Because it makes the per the person on the other end feel like, yeah, I, am I here? <laughs> Are you like hearing this? Yeah, right. Um, sure. There were but there were a bunch of those um, giving giving vague assignments. Sort of, can you can you wrap up those numbers? But like you don't know what that means, and the person tries to do the job, and then they're um, right. And now what? Like, the, so this was in the context of. Working in the coffee industry. Um, I think the article they were going through was a general workforce, uh -huh. like how to. This is what this is how people gaslight, but of course it comes from some experiences that they've each had in different in right different right. Um, but I just fa I found it so interesting, and one of them was just to simply minimize the person's experience. Um, like, yeah, that happened, but it's, it's your reaction that's off, not the thing that happened. That kind of thing. Like, hey, that's just, that's just what it's like here. Yeah. If you can't handle it, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, you're, kind of, you're still kind of new to the industry. You yeah. know, I've been doing this for a long time. Those kinks get worked out, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example from a personal experience of sure. mine. Sure, yes. Um, when I was in my early 20s, I worked somewhere called Natural Wonders. Mm -hmm. it's, it was in a mall. I don't know if you remember what those are. Mm. Um, you go in, there were little stores, and it was, they would play Enya, and we would sell um, uh, pretty much anything that was like a, a geode or um, anything you would gaze at while listening to Enya, I'm sure. Yeah. T-shirts that had wolves on them. Um, and one oh. of the things that we sold were these two balls that you could hold in your hand. Uh -huh. And as you moved them, they chimed and sure. they would, uh, it's supposed to relax you. Right. So one Christmas season, um, I was really good at wrapping so they basically put me behind the counter to wrap anything that people mm -hmm. were purchasing mm -hmm. and so um 
this guy was hired on. He was a little bit younger than me, and um, he used to, every time when he was checking people out, if they bought those those balls, mm-hmm. he would turn to me and say, hey, Candace, could you wrap my balls? <laughs> and he would just have this worst laugh. It was so gross. And he would, it was very specifically like a sure. reference to his man balls, <clears throat> right? Sure. Like there's no way he, and he just found it absolutely hilarious. And I, and I felt like it was a little demeaning to me as a, as a young lady in this environment to have, um, and especially at some point he was put as a, as my supervisor, even though he was horrible at his job. Mm-hmm. So I, I, um, I talked to the person who had hired me and I just let him know like, Hey, I just don't really find this comfortable. Like this guy is continuously asking me to wrap his balls and then laughing in a really lecherous way. Mm-hmm. And he told me that I should just like get a sense of humor. Like that's like seriously, Candace, just get a sense of humor. Like he's just joking around. I'm like about his balls. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's so inappropriate. And then I was so frustrated that I actually asked him anyways, why is this guy my supervisor? Like, I'm so much better at this job than him. How could you have made him my boss? And he said, well, he asked. I was like, what? He's like, well, he just, he's, he came in, said he wanted to be a supervisor, and that showed <laughs> balls. And uh, <laughs> so, he got, so it taught me two things. One, from that point on, I was a lot stronger about asking for what I wanted in a job, so maybe that was a good learning experience. Mm-hmm. But two... I mean, I think that's like a a pretty carbon version of gaslighting. Just that sort of like, yeah, that happened, but but you're the one who's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not actually a big deal. You've just got to calm down. Yeah. So I quit that job. Yeah. Um, Well, I didn't, so actually I didn't quit it right away. Um, I thought, okay, I'm going to try to be cool about this. But the, the fella, I think, must have learned that I said something. Um, and so we all had these sales goals that we had to meet every week. And I was exceeding my sales goal every week. And so he kept, right after that happened, he just kept pushing my sales goal up. And we got um, our bonuses or reports based on percentage of sales goals. So at some point, my sales goal for four hours was higher than the entire stores for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wasn't meeting it. And so I started getting written up for not meeting my goals. <laughs> um, and it was the person that I turned in. So eventually I quit the job. Um, and I think, I think experiences like that are rampant mm-hmm. with, I can, I'm saying women because I am a woman. I, I'm sure it's rampant in, uh, with women and minorities and all, all sorts of underrepresented folks, but um, when when you and I started talking about working together and building a studio, I think something that was really important to me was that we created a space where those kinds of stories, those kinds of experiences didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons I was so keen on working with you, having a studio, is the thought that I could create one place whose environment I could change. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. 
and a lot of it had to do with those sorts of experiences where I just didn't want to work for other people and, and have those experiences. And I could tell myself, like, hey, if, if we experience some of these things with a client, we can just decide not to work with him. Mm-hmm. Although we still, I mean, I, I consistently find myself in, in situations where I'm, I'm really trying to think about what, what the right thing to do is. Right. And one of the things I've been thinking about, and I think listening to someone like Boss Barista, one of the things I've really been thinking about, because I'm going to guess that those, those women are maybe 10 to 20 years younger than me that are, sure. that are running this podcast. This might be an assumption of mine. Yeah. Um, and I might be dating myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but when I was in my 20s and, and early 30s, the thing that I wanted to prove most was simply that a woman could be in the room. I felt like what I was proving was that we could be there. Mm-hmm. We could engage in the conversation. We could do the work. Mm-hmm. And I was always so proud of that for, for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I've been thinking about now is that like a younger generation of of women, they're they're coming into the workforce and and it's a win because I think in many ways they expect to be in the room. Mm-hmm. And so that's so exciting to me. That's like, wow, that happened. That's that was the thing that I kept thinking about. But it's not just enough to say like we can be in the room, but that there's got to be like an equal voice in that room, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's what um, people are asking for now or pushing for now. And, and I feel like that's where the, the pushback is, is that like saying that they have a place and that it should be respectful and safe. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not like I'm in the room, but it's still a boys club. It's we're all in the room together and it's all of us human beings together creating something. Mm-hmm. And that changes it a little bit. Right. I'm not sure. I mean, you've been in a, I've seen you been in be in working relationships with a n- number of different cultures that are generally I, I would consider even more male dominated than ours. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure that your experiences and the experiences of someone ten or twenty years younger than you, who's grown up in the Bay Area, are actually equivalent. Like you might ultimately have a different different goal in mind, but in some ways, I feel like you're more on the you're kind of pushing those boundaries more than you're you're always pushing your comfort level there, whereas I feel like am I gonna get in trouble for saying this <laughs> i I have no idea because I don't know what you're saying <laughs> um, I'm just saying like. It, but there, I still, I struggle so many times with mm. how to, how to be in, in those places in a way that's, 
I think when I... Oh, I don't even know what to say. I, I definitely still struggle every mm-hmm. time sure. I'm in those situations, especially if... Um, if I see something, so if I see something in in uh, language, especially let's say language, um, that that I can tell is just flat out kind of sexist, mm-hmm. and say I see it somewhere, um, but everyone's like really stoked on it, like this this is gonna be great when we put it out there. I I definitely still struggle with do I. Like, let's just say this. Do you remember when the iPad came out and it was named the iPad and I hated that name? Oh, sure. I hated it. Yeah. It's like, it reminds me of pads. That's a term women use for, like, Yeah. Know, no, for, I, I remember the... It would be like naming it the iTampon. Like, to me, it was just ri- a ridiculous name. I was so frustrated. And I remember saying to you, was there not one woman in the room when they came up with that name? And I was so frustrated by that. But then I been in the room i've been the only woman in a room yeah. when something's being passed around and instead and i want to say like uh this seems like really offensive to women right like her like uh, do, have you thought about how this can can sound but it's really hard to be the only woman in a room and be the one that's continuously saying have sure. you thought about it? It's well, sort of, I mean, ideally, you're not the only woman in the room, and so you're not in that position, right? I know, but it's sort of like when, when there are like a, a books, say, about designers, and they'll, they'll have maybe 12 designers, and they'll bring in one woman, and so like the 11 fellas just get to talk about their work, and then like the one woman, they're like, What's it like to be a woman in design? It's like, totally. Could you just let me talk about my design? Right. Um, yeah. So there's some, there's some of that, I think happening where maybe more in the last couple months as this has come out I think more and more in the coffee industry in in specific where I've started thinking I've I've been in this industry for so long um, it you know it's great that I can be in the rooms and I can be comfortable with people and that I can work with people but is there is there more that, that even I can do to support younger women who are entering, like, say, coffee or design to have the kind of experience that maybe I didn't at their age? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love... Is there? Um, <laughs> you know, this all comes back to, to me, it's, it's one of the reasons why I've been trying to speak more mm-hmm. sure um i i find that extremely stressful yeah um but and then when i when i speak in every talk that i give i make sure to put places in about um, a quality of voice i don't usually frame it as a as a feminist thing oftentimes i frame it as you know, everyone in the room, whether you're a designer or a programmer, regardless of your experience, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I focus on putting messages like that in my talks. I also think that it's, it's helpful getting women in places where they're speaking out loud and, and being heard. 
Um, but there's probably more. Of course there's more, not probably. There's more. Mm-hmm. Well, we're fortunate to have, you know, unpacking coffee and we're going to be at SCA and we're, we're doing things where, you know, we're trying to get a, a good, you know, balanced set of representatives to speak to you on the show. I think that's good. Yeah. Um, um, I, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm excited about what's what's happening now. I make I think that it it's been a there I mean the story I told you about the balls. I could tell you like 20 stories like that, sure, right? I'm sure. I mean it's it's just a representative story mm-hmm. and and I and even as I'm saying it I think taken alone I could see someone saying like come on that's not that big. <laughs> Just, just relax. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like again and again and again. Well, um, I mean, it's right. Like, there's been some, even in coffee, some stories coming out lately where you you start to realize that probably a lot of people in a company at, at one point or another thought theirs was an isolated incident. Maybe they felt gaslighted, as you described. And then there was sort of this tipping point where some event causes everyone to realize, you know, collectively, oh, wow, no, there was a bunch of this stuff. It's might even be illegal, and it's a huge problem, mm-hmm. and we should definitely be talking about it. And I think that's... You know, it's it's always, you know, I guess it's always a call. Like, I probably make inappropriate jokes at work on occasion. It's, you could argue that's the nature of some humor. But I think that um, you, you have to look at our workplace overall and the fact that, you know, we're, that's not what we're about and like an occasional joke, you know, everyone tells an occasional inappropriate joke. You know, I've never heard you tell a joke that was a sexual innuendo to, uh, a woman. Yeah, I would be, I would be incredibly, (laughs) I'm way too. Yes, you have some inappropriate humor, but I, you know, let's just say like, all three of us in the studio, mm-hmm. you and Melissa and myself, I think that we have a pretty similar sense of humor. In fact, sure. I think you and Melissa have more of a similar sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and we all like enjoy joking around, but I, I couldn't see you making the kind of jokes that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think if I ever had, I would, <laughs> I would be pretty. Well, it it just doesn't seem like your personality. Sure. You. you I mean, that's something that I've really always en- enjoyed about you is that I, it's like your level of respect for for me, for women in general. I mean, I I think this is um. I don't want to I don't want to go on and on, but like I, sure. I you know I think that you. Well, we're not like the the companies that we're talking about anyway. Now, I I have a quick follow up question for you. Sure. Do you still feel weird about the name iPad, or have you just gotten used to it? 
Like, when's the last time you've just consciously occurred to you that that's a weird name? Other um, than during this discussion. I'm genuinely curious. Fairly often. Really? <laughs> yes. That's crazy. I mean, it's just a, th- it's a thing. Like, that's why... I, that's a very valid point. I have no idea if there were quote unquote women in the room when that name. Was... I understand that there's pad of paper. I understand where it comes from. Sure, yeah. I just that's um... all. But see, being a guy, that's as far as I go. I'm like, yeah, pad of paper. It's obvious. That's obvious name. Yeah, it's a great name. It sounds just like iPod. <laughs> it's you know, no, I, I mean, it, it's a great point. That um, well, I also wanted to mention. You had mentioned. I, 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 Someone using a phone during a meeting as a form of gaslighting. I never heard it framed in that way, but that is the most annoying, disrespectful, condescending. Well, condescending. So that's the thing. Gaslighting is about taking someone who's in a a less who has less power than you yeah. in a situation. Or yeah. so I'm not going to talk about relationships because you know relationships should be equal. Sure. And and when gaslighting happens, I I do think that that's someone trying to become the, the the powerful. But like in a in a work situation, you're usually talking about someone that's your boss. Right. Right. Or, sure. Um, in some way. Sure. Like HR person or whatever. So like you're you're there. You're talking to an HR person. You're you're like this happened to me. It's you know it was upsetting. And they're like looking at their phone. Uh huh. Yeah, go on. You know, to you that how small guzzling is always about making the other person feel small, right? Like how much smaller do you start to feel as right, you're right. explaining these? Yeah. Um it, honestly when I was listening to those, I was taking notes like, do I ever accidentally do those kinds of things to people? And as they were saying them, I, I can't think of any that I do, but it, it does make me think, well, okay, here's one of them. Mm-hmm. They're basically saying, like, giving not enough information about a task and then really digging into someone when they do something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, a, that's about making people smaller. Why mm-hmm. didn't you understand this thing? And um, I was thinking about how sometimes I'm in a hurry and I don't give all of the information I should and someone might complete a task you or Melissa either one of you and it's not what I expected and it can be easy to just get frustrated with the other person and say oh they didn't do what I expected but you know I really try in those situations to think about like did I give that person the tools they needed to do this correctly and if I didn't what did I miss mm-hmm. and was I too hurried you know so I think you you can be busy and accidentally not give someone the tools but then when they don't do what you expected say my god I didn't tell you x that's on me let's try again that's fine you can take it but if you're if you're continuously just throwing out random and I, I feel like that happens sometimes with clients even where mm-hmm. we'll get like this little snippet and you're kind of expected to like, oh, what yeah. does that oh, even yeah. mean? And, yeah. you know, I've tried to get better about when that happens, just saying, hold on, I'm not actually sure what the next step is here. Let's right. talk about this. Right. Um, well, it, interestingly, what you're describing, so some of the things you're describing as 
possibly a form of, of gaslighting or something. Mm-hmm. Also, it could just be like really poor management, really poor people skills, poor communication skills. Sure. As long as they're not like a deliberate pattern. And that might be a hard call. But someone who completely well, loses in is completely not listening to you because they're looking at, say, a phone while you are talking to them. That's a hard one to say is like poor people skills. That's just like that's that's someone just not listening. There are totally different situations. So like let's say I you're my HR person and I'm saying something happened at work that I oh, feel sure. uncomfortable about yes. and I yeah. need to report this to you and you're looking at your phone and like yeah 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 that ha- okay fine you know um, maybe you just need to like relax and enjoy, you know, it's like, it's not that big of a deal. That's what you're kind of giving. Now, yeah. if you're in a meeting so, and someone gets distracted by their phone, but you're in an equal situation to them, mm-hmm. like you and I both know we've been in situations like this where we'll just kind of laugh and be like, you need a moment. Like yeah, if sure. you're in a, if you're in an equal relationship with mm-hmm. somebody, you can actually just laugh it off and say, uh, you can make a joke, right? But like, yeah. if I'm, if I, if you're my boss and this is happening and I'm reporting something, right? I don't really have the power. It's to a very just, different dynamic. To just sure. laugh it off. Yeah. So you could probably think about it like that. Like, I've probably when when you've been talking, mm-hmm. I've probably checked my phone. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna say, hey, <laughs> yeah, I'm right here. You know, you're just gonna joke in the. Oh my goodness, sorry, but. It's because we have an equal dynamic. Right. That that's okay. Yeah. You know, maybe part of the power of gaslighting is being able to do something like that in front of someone and knowing Mm -hmm. that they can't say anything. And that's part of the belittling of it is that person realizes, like, you both can't. Sure. Putting up their (laughs) damn feet on the desk or something. Um, (laughs) So I've been listening to this other podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called. It's got a funny name. Serial. Uh, straight white, white guy listening. Okay. <laughs> and um, it is a straight white guy just bringing people on um, who have experiences that are different than his or outlooks that are different than his and, and just listening, mm-hmm. trying to hear their story. And oftentimes he has moments where he's like, I did I've never thought about it like that. I did not know that. I did not understand that. Sure. And I was thinking about how powerful that is, that someone's basically able to say, I don't, I don't have all the answers. And what he came to at the end of it was listening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so powerful for, for what's happening in this, in I mean, they call it the Me Too movement. I, mm-hmm. I think in just in this time where we're still figuring out, quite honestly, how we can have equality in, in the workplace. Mm-hmm. That's still not quite there. Mm-hmm. I think we can be. I think we can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought about how interesting it is that that probably the biggest change just comes from listening to people. Um, and, and also I'm going back to boss Brisa because I've been listening to them so much lately, but at some point they were talking about like, what happens if you 
read that list and you realize that you're a ga- like you do that to people mm-hmm. you're a gaslighter mm-hmm. that you can actually read that and and instead of just pushing it down say like oh i don't want to be that mm-hmm. you can apologize to people they might be frustrated or angry it might not fix it for that sure, individual sure. relationship the person you're apologizing to doesn't owe you anything as far as like but you can you can listen and learn and just say huh i didn't actually realize i was doing that or i didn't realize how harmful that is or you know it's okay i think like if if we really are going to engage and and how to make the workplace sort of a safer environment for everyone and and all of that. In my mind, it's just as important for for guys to be able to kind of learn some things and say like, oh, huh, didn't know that would be, didn't know that was affecting people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's okay, right? Just mm-hmm. listening and changing. Like, it's not like some people are great and some, it's not like, you know, Women are perfect. Men are bad. It's not. It's not like that. Like I'm guessing that there are a lot of men who want environments where everyone feels respected just mm-hmm. as much as women. Sure. This stuff's really hard to talk about. Yeah. It's really like really hard for me to. Um, kind of wrap my head around it all but I keep thinking that if we just keep talking about it and being open about it and not like pushing it away then then it's better agreed I mean it's not like a topic we're going to wrap up in 30 minutes and say there you go listeners we've solved it yeah, we've so. solved it yeah but um, um, but I do you know I think back to that wrap my balls situation and I I don't know what could have been a better outcome I mean, mm-hmm. I guess in one way, just knowing that the the place I worked, if if someone was being a little bit uncomfortable like that to me, saying like, "Don't worry, that's not gonna happen," um, it would have felt good to feel heard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would have just felt good to to know that um, that that wasn't gonna happen anymore if I wasn't comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I still find it. I still find it frustrating. I think back all these years, and I think about the fact that I quit that job because I just felt so yeah frustrated working with that one individual. Right. You know. Well, we should wrap this up. But here we are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for sharing, Candace. Thanks for sharing, Ray. I didn't really share much, did I? Ray, you listened. I listened. 